this is true, then our country is in a lot of trouble. We would have these trips, special trips. But he said, my, my daddy takes the bodies to the grocery store and he grinds them up and puts it in the hamburger. And nobody ever knows it. How can kids six, eight, ten years old be describing rituals that come from a book like the, like the Book of the Dead? It's hard to get your mind around people being capable of this kind of evil. This is Dan Bedondi of TruthRadioShow.com. I am honored to offer my listeners a one-month free subscription to NYSTV.org. Subscribers will have access to thousands of nice TV videos from spiritual warfare to biblical and occultic topics, banned from YouTube videos, and much more. Subscribe today on nystv.org and use the promo code DANTHEMAN and receive your first month free. If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Declaring war on the New World Order. TruthRadioShow.com Shabbat Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Spiritual Warfare Friday. Uh, the title of tonight's broadcast is Freemasonry, The Darkness Behind the Light. And I'm your host, Dan Bedandi. we got a jam-packed show for you, uh, tons of information. So I just want to let people know a couple things ahead of time before we start the show, uh, especially with Freemasons out there. Uh, it's a very sensitive topic and everything else. I do want to express to people very much that not every Mason's evil, that not every Mason's a bad guy. In fact, it's the other way around. Most Freemasons are great and wonderful people. They really are. Uh, but however, um, truth being told, what they are into, known as the craft Freemasonry, is not of God. And I'm not here to try to personally attack Freemasons. I'm not doing that. I am just simply exposing the truth. And uh, what I'm going to show you tonight, you can literally look the stuff up in your own Masonic libraries to find this information out, which is literally kept from a lot of Masons at the lower uh, degrees. And for people out there, too, who have friends and family who are Freemasons, don't be too hard on them. I mean, you need to let them know this is a very serious thing, but don't castize them and don't think of them as evil people because, again, most are not evil people. They're just hoodwinked and lied to, you know what I mean? Like anything else, like the false religions out there, no different, okay? I just want to put that out there very clearly. And uh, so before we even get started, guys, I want to thank everybody in the chat room uh, that's watching now. And I just want to go to a quick word from our two sponsors, joshwatchleather.com and cascadecultury.com. We'll be right back. This is not some soul's factory. This is long, quiet days with the Father. This is obedience 
This is cold early mornings, tired rough hands, and hot summer days. This is quality before quantity. This is where you're not just a customer, you're a client. I don't just work for you, but with you. This is where your ideas come to life. I am Joshua Watts. I love what I do and that I'm able to use my skills to serve our Father and you. I look forward to working with you. This is Joshua Watts Leatherton. At Cascadia Cutlery, you'll find the most quality knives you'll ever need. There are few things more frustrating than a dull blade. Buy the best knife you can afford and then actually carry it at CascadiaCutlery.com. And also, again, uh, as we played at the beginning of the show, don't forget to join NYSTV.org. The link is in the description. Uh, get the first month on me for free. It's like 8 bucks a month normally. Uh, thousands of videos on demand. The first three, 30 days, I'm sorry, on me for free. Promo code DANTHEMAN, all lowercase, one word. So, yeah, let's just get to our show, guys, because we got lots to talk about, and I'm talking about a lot. So um, I could easily do several shows on this, and, um, and to be honest with you, I was... Trying to jam information, uh, just I don't even know where to begin. To tell you the truth, that the, uh, the you know a couple of days ago, I'm like trying to gather information because there's so much, it really is. And I'm like, where do I begin? How do I even present this? Last night, I'm putting the slides together, try to put them in order. I'm like, wow. I mean, I, you know, the father led me to do that because I'm like, I try to get the new show together and everything else together, and um, the time's ticking. I got to get to bed. Uh, then you know, the father just helped me out big time. So. Uh, yeah, so let's just begin here. We're gonna, what we're going to do here is we're going to do a presentation, and we're going to invite you, the listening audience, to call into the show after the presentation. Call into the show, or if you don't want to call, uh, you're more than welcome. If you're not subscribed to YouTube here, please subscribe now, and you get to chat in our live chat section. So you can present the questions or comments on there, and also uh, call. We'll give the phone number out after the presentation, because we've got a lot to talk about and a lot of material to cover. Uh, I'm telling you, a lot of material. <laughs> So again, the show is uh, Freemasonry, the darkness behind the light, because Freemasonry is all about illumination, what they say. I mean, I almost joined Freemasonry myself. Uh, years ago, I knew a lot of Freemasons, I still do, and um, I almost joined myself, because I was always American history buff and everything else, and um, I got told, well, you know, the Masons had a lot to do with American history, which is true. But they also lied about a lot of it, too, uh, regardless of the point. You know, they did have a major impact in this country and many other countries worldwide. And uh, so that's what intrigued me to Freemasonry and also the mysteries and everything else And uh, at the time, <laughs> before I knew any better. But, you know, what we're going to do again, I'm not, you know, going to sit there and demonize Freemasons. Uh, it's not them. It's the craft itself that we're trying to expose. You know what I mean? So let's get into the subject here. So what is a Freemason? And... Um, so we're going to get to that because there's a long history with this stuff, guys. And a Freemason, uh, you see this all over the place. I mean, driving to cities and towns, you see these signs on highways, exits, uh, uh, buildings, free and accepted Masons, they're called. And you see the, the square and compass with the G in it, and you see them everywhere. Well, uh, Masons like they, is, symbol, is the symbolism of King Solomon's Temple. So if you know anything about the Bible, uh, yeah, because this pretty much is all about... 
uh, a twisted version of scripture and the occult, big time, and Kabbalism. So uh, before I get to all that stuff, I'm going to save a lot of the confusion here. So I'm going to show you what, you know, they say, which goes beyond what, hang on, let me get to the history here. So history of Freemasonry, it's like, uh, you know, if you go anywhere, they'll tell you this. Uh, it's the teachings, practices of the secret fraternity, fraternal order of men only. They do have order for women. And um, in this show, I'm not going to get into all the specific orders. There are many, 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 many orders of Freemasonry. There's the uh, Order of the Eastern Star, uh, the Jacques de Malays, there's um, uh, Prince Hall for black folks. Uh, there's woman orders like uh, the Eastern Star, like I said. Job's Daughters is a woman's one, and uh, Jacques de Molay's are there for kids. Uh, but they have tons of different orders, too. I mean, so many. And uh, the next show, um, we're going to continue this, obviously, but we're just going to get to the basics of Freemasonry today and show you the spiritual ramifications and significance of how this is very bad for a professional Christian. So anyway, the history goes back uh, back to the 1700s, and it goes beyond that, by the way. So we'll get to that in a minute. So it's a fraternal order of you know mostly men, and it's free and accepted masons, the largest worldwide free society, secret society. I'm sorry, spread by advance of the British Empire, Freemasonry remains most popular by the British Isles and other countries originally with the Empire. Estimates worldwide membership for Freemasons in the early 21st century range from about 2 million or more than 6 million people. And they say Freemasonry evolved from the guilds of stonemasons and cathedral buildings in the Middle Ages. With the decline of cathedral buildings, some uh, lodges of operation working masons began to accept honorary members to bolster their decline in membership. So this goes back, um, long story short, it goes back uh, when the first actual Masonic Lodge was created. It was in 1770, 1717, I'm sorry. The first Grand Lodge, it called it, is founded in England. And they were known as the Grand Lodge at the time, not specifically Freemasons. I mean, Masonry came later on, uh, the name Freemasons. So... Let me get back to my slides here. I got a lot to talk about, man. It was a, it was a task putting the stuff together, I tell you. So um, anyway, it resembles, a, if you know anything about the King Solomon's Temple, uh, the building of it, the pillars. They try to mimic the halls, the Masonic halls after King Solomon's Temple. And we're going to show you the significance. Now people think, well, it's King Solomon, man. This is going to be good. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know, King Solomon, the Bible and everything else. It's, no, it's nothing like you think it is. Trust me when I tell you. Nothing like that way, you know. So this is the Grand Lodge that was founded in 1717 in, in England there. So that's the Grand Lodge, the grand, the first Grand Masonic Lodge right there. This this building has so much history. So, guys, if you're ever in that area, um, if they allow you to, I would definitely suggest a tour because a lot of prominent people in history have been in that building. I'm talking about key historic people have been in that building. I don't know if you see that on the ground there. There's a star, a pentagram like on the ground. Yeah, that plays a lot of significance in this thing we're about to come. So for those of you about thinking about joining Freemasonry, because yes, uh, Freemasonry goes back deep in the 1700s. Um, a lot of the founding fathers were involved with Freemasonry in this country. That country, uh, a lot of key people uh, were involved in Napoleon Bonaparte, a lot of people in the French Revolution, and uh, yeah, 
goes back German uh, Germany especially you know what I mean and yes the Illuminati have a big 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 part of this okay and that's for another show altogether but I will explain a little bit as we go on so anyway so these are Masonic lodges you might drive by and you probably most people don't even notice them you drive by and you'll see the square and compass in the building somewhere most people drive by have no clue they're right in your neighborhoods your own your own states uh, they're all over the United States. And that's what some of these lodges look like. They look like a VFW or Knights of Columbus Hall and that, those sort of halls. That's what they look like. There's Buffalo, New York. Just showing you a few of them here. And, you know, look at the significance a little bit of... And, you know, granted, they got other buildings that don't look like that, but inside they do. It's supposed to be a replica, basically, of King Solomon's Temple. And all the Masonic lodges face the east because of the biblical verses about the certain temples that face the east. I forgot to bring that verse up, but we're going to get to the biblical verses in a little while. But it goes back further in the 1700s. Um, it goes back to the days of Babylon. And if you all remember, and this is all biblical stuff, um, all cultic and biblical stuff. So if you're not knowledgeable in the occult or the Bible or even history, um, you're probably going to be all over the place. And I highly suggest maybe you should turn the show off right now and go do some history, read the Bible, read... Um, yeah, because there's no atheists in Freemasonry. I'm going to let you know that now. You have to believe in some kind of a deity, and people in the occult actually join Masonry, and they exceed faster than people who are biblical. We're going to get to that in a little while. But it goes back to the days of Babel, when we hear about this character named Nimrod. He was the ruler of Babylon. He is known as Osiris in Egyptianology. He was the ruler of Babylon. Okay, that's where it goes. The master builders, um, Peleg, was one of his right-hand men that helped design and build this structure. Peleg was the grand architect of the Tower of Babel. And these people were very, in um, the Bible talks about Nimrod, how he was a mighty hunter and uh, a person before God, not for God, before God. You know what I mean? So, and if you read the Bible, we'll get to who Nimrod was. And Kush beget Nimrod. It was Cush's son, Nimrod, and he began to be mighty one in the earth. And we talk a lot about the Nephilim at the time and the giants and all that. Now, Nimrod did come from the bloodline of Seth. However, something happened to him because all the ancient uh, texts and everything, I'll say how Nimrod became a huge man, like a Nephilim. Somehow he transferred into a Nephilim. Very huge, powerful, very mighty and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Not doesn't mean for the Lord. Before the Lord. That means against the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And Cush beget Nimrod and and beget to be a mighty upon the earth. So and there shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword in the land of Nimrod, and the entrances thereof thus shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he cometh into our land, and he will uh, trade with our borders. And there's other uh, verses too. So Nimrod is the son of Cush. So if you do the genetic bloodlines, Cush is a direct descendant of Seth, which was the third son of Adam, the bloodline of Adam. So something happened to Nimrod along the way uh, to transfigure him to some kind of a, a Nephilim, if you will. He became very ruthless. He was powerful. Though I mean, the guy was stronger than anything. Powerful, like a genius. And he has many different names throughout all ancient culture. Many different games. You know, Gilgamesh, that's who Nimrod is. 
He's also known as Osiris and many other names. Depends on the culture. So um, just as some history, because you need to know the history before you even can even begin to recognize what Freemasonry is about. And in fact, a lot of Freemasons in the Blue Lodge, which is the first three degrees, we're going to get to that in a few minutes, they have no clue about any of this yet. So anyway, um, Nimrod, which he had his wife Samaramis, and his son Tammuz. Now, Nim, you know, the, the old story goes that, you know, Nimrod was killed by his uncle Shem because he was a very vile person. His uncle actually killed him, ended up killing him all that. So Samaramis, which is Nimrod's mother, that's right, mother, she married her son, Nimrod. All right, and um, she became pregnant with Tammuz uh, before he was killed. So she came up with this, and there was an attempt to, because again, these occultists, these people at the top, know the Bible very well. And at the time, it wasn't the Bible, but they knew God's prophecy. You know about since the Garden of Eden about the coming of the Messiah. They attempted to make the first immaculate conception to try to distort the whole, you know, immaculate conception of Jesus uh, coming to the earth. This is thousands of years before Jesus was born on the earth. So they, uh, she claimed that she had an immaculate conception that you know when Nimrod died, he became the great god, the sun god Osiris, and he impregnated her through immaculate conception, trying to mimic the Holy Spirit impregnating um, Mary, and gave birth to the virgin birth to their son Tammuz, which is also known as Horus. And he was actually born on twenty December twenty fifth, and that's the day you actually um, you know people you know today's Christianity. Uh, even though Christians never celebrated the birth of Jesus, Jesus was not born in December, you're actually celebrating the birth of Tammuz, which is Horus. So anyway, um, it's a long story with these, two, with these people, yeah. So uh, the story is Samaramis recovered his body parts, and um, this is will explain a lot of stuff. She, because his uncle killed him, chopped his body up and threw it into the Nile River. She claimed Samaramis, known as Isis, uh, she claimed... We'll get to that right there. That's uh, exactly what the names are, are, and there's many other names for them. Gilgamesh and all this other stuff. So anyway, she claimed when um, Hor Osiris, okay, Nimrod was killed uh, because uh, his uncle Shem cut his body parts up through the Nile. She got all his body parts. She reclaimed all of them, and except for she could not find his male penis, you know, the phallic symbol. So she created an obelisk, and she claimed she got pregnant off that. Well, she was already pregnant ahead of time. And the thing is what debugs the whole thing of her being a virgin. Prior to marrying her own son, Nimrod, she was a temple prostitute. She was a whore. You know what I mean? A temple prostitute. And she got pregnant with her, you know, and then ended up marrying her own son later. So she was not a virgin. Okay? That, I just want to debunk that before people, because I know uh, people with the zeitgeist movement actually believe in this crap. You know what I mean? About him being you know, a virgin birth. It's not. So anyway, and that's where the story goes. So uh, they're known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. And uh, then is a with Horus, okay, the so-called sun god, Tammuz. They say he was crucified, and uh, a lot of he had um, twelve disciples. No, he did not. I just want to debunk any conspiracy theories about that. Uh, Tammuz, Horus, regardless what the movie Zeitgeist and everything else says, no, he was actually killed by a wild boar. He tried to be a mighty hunter like his father Osiris, which is Nimrod, and he was killed by a wild boar. That's why they ate ham on Christmas. 
that's all significant with all this stuff. So I'm not going to try to get to too much detail about this yet. This is a whole other show altogether. I just want to go to the basics of the foundations of Freemasonry. This is where it all started. They're great builders back 6,000 years ago. And again, they try to mimic, and in different cultures too, the Babylonian, uh, Mesopotamian, all that. These are different cultures that try to mimic, which are the same people, by the way. So when you're in a Catholic church and you see an image of Mary holding um, Jesus, that's not Mary. That's Isis and Tammuz, or Horus, if you will. That's what that is. It's not Mary and, um, you know, that Mary and uh, Jesus. So anyway, the, um, this goes back to because he's a great builders. That's what it's about, okay? The Tower of Babel. And so if you ever notice these symbols all over the world, put up by Freemasons, by the way, uh, they're called obelisk. They're all over the world, especially the United States, embedded everywhere. That And there's one in, in the Vatican, in St. Peter's Basilica. That was dug up from the ancient city of the sun called On, O-N. And um, basically it's to resurrect Nimrod. That's what it's for. From the dead, Nimrod known as Osiris. That's what it's built there to resurrect. And the Freemasons built all these. This one's called the Washington Monument. And it has nothing to do with George Washington. They actually scrapped the original George Washington Monument when they ran out of funds and the Freemasons took the project over. And they ended up building this giant obelisk that's 555, degree, 555 feet tall. And um, un, from the ground under, it's 111 feet, which uh, totals uh, 666 feet. And it's called Nimrod's Golden Penis. That's exactly what it's called. And it's aligned with the star, uh, star systems, Pleiades and Orion, the Blazing Star known as, uh, which what I covered today, uh, the Blazing Star is known as Sirius. So, which is significant. So, uh, I'm, I just don't want to confuse everybody at first here because I know there's a lot of stuff to uh, grasp and understand. But these are some of the basics. I mean, I, I would be here all night just to cover the basics, I just try to limit it down to some of the most important stuff, especially for you people out there who would become Freemasons or just got into the lodge. You could be a first, second, or third degree. We're going to cover that in a couple of minutes here. But yeah, uh, this is what Masonic lodges uh, generally look like. Now, when you go to a Masonic lodge, you have this altar up there, right? And on this floor, it's always like a checkerboard floor. It's either red or, I mean, sorry, uh, white or blue. Or black or white, which represents an equal, uh, equality, as above, so below. That's what it stands for. So on that altar they have, which is a movable altar, and I'll explain why that it is in a minute, they have this giant Bible on the altar. And on top of the Bible, they have a square and compass that's always placed upon it. They, you know, they use the Holy Bible. But, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, it's not what, you know, I mean, like, this is what you learn in the Blue Lodges. We're going to get to that in a second here. And I just don't want to confuse people. If I'm confusing anybody, guys, please, in the chat room, uh, by all means, uh, say, Dan, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? I'll try to keep up with the chat here because this is a lot to take in. And uh, it's trying to you know, just try to present this information without confusing the hell out of people. So if you walked into a, one of these Masonic lodges as a newbie, all right, you would think this is a Christian organization. Look, they got the Bible right on the altar. They talk about King Solomon's temple. Hiram Abiff, a lot of biblical characters, right? And they tell you you have to believe in the deity to join masonry. And they suck a lot of good Christians into masonry. And you would think, oh, yeah, this is definitely a Christian thing, right? Well, actually, if you actually read uh, the 
the Freemasons, as they all believe, said, uh, this is not, um, Freemasonry is not a coincidence. Let me get to that. Freemasonry is not a Christian institute. That's what they say. Freemasonry is not a Christian institution. And they'll often it's mistaken for one. And they actually contain many elements of religion, which is true. But a majority in America, a lot of uh, Freemasons are Christians as well. You know what I mean? And um, there's a lot of um, Shriners, which were... I'm going to get to that stuff for some other time. I don't want to confuse everybody yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just so much information. I'm just trying to, you know, word this in the proper way so it doesn't, you know, confuse people. So anyway, you walk in, you automatically got to think it's a Christian organization. Even though they don't claim to be one, but you, I mean, you tell they talk about King Solomon, Hiram Abiff, uh, the builders of those times, and uh, back to Babylon. Well, eventually, when you learn about that, and you see the Bible up on the altar, why wouldn't you think it's a Christian organization? And they also these are the uh, pair the the we they call the the uh, pillars. I'm sorry, if you look at the pillars right there, the B and the J, that's Boaz and Jashin. Boaz and Jashin are mentioned in the scripture. And these are the two great uh, pillars of Freemasonry. So if you go in the Bible, uh, 1 Kings 7, 15, and 22 talks about this. For he This is talking about the, uh, when they built the Solomon's Temple. They cast two pillars of brass of 18 cubits high apiece and a line of 12 cubits did compass uh, the, either of them apart. So, and it goes on talking more details about it. And it says, and he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. And he set up the pillar on the right called named thereafter Jashin. And he set up the pillar on the left. They called it the name of Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars where Lily work was like the work of the pillars finished. So Second Chronicles 3 says, uh, also he made before the house two pillars of 35 cubits high, and a chapter was uh, at the top of each of them was five cubits. And he made chains and the oracle and put them in the heads of the pillars and made hundred pomegranates upon them in the chains. And he read up the pillars before the temple, and one on the right hand and one on the left. And he called the name of the right Jashin, and the one on the left was called Boaz. So as you can see there. So, and they back this up. When you get into the, when you first join Masonry, they'll show you all the biblical scripture. Talking about all this stuff. But, if you actually look at it, that's not actually the, the actual pillars of Jashin and Boaz. are a little tweaked compared to the actual ones in King Solomon's temple. And if you know anything about King Solomon, it's not a guy you should be revering. Because King Solomon became very, very corrupt and evil toward his latter days. That's why God allowed Israel's enemies to take over. And as, uh, we're going to get to all the symbolism there. And um, yeah, <laughs> nothing Christian about this at all. And this goes back uh, that the coffin ritual. Well, that's, uh, I'm going to save that for another show because I'm uh, probably going to drag uh, David Carrico on uh, about that one. The dead man in the coffin ritual. Yeah, <laughs> wait till you hear this. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. A lot of Masons don't even know this until they actually get to that ninth degree. So that's what the pillars of Jachin and Boaz are. And, it, you know, they symbolize... Uh, hang on, I got the... Uh, wait, wait, guys, one second. 
There's a monitor they have. It's called um, Duncan's Masonic Ritual Monitor. And it talks about the, um, the degrees. Hang on one second, guys. I I messed up a little bit. I was supposed to put the meanings of um, the pillars in. Anyway, but yeah, uh, it's so, just so much stuff. <laughs> so just bear with me, guys. And yeah, there's so much stuff involved here. And so basically, it represents. Uh, Equality duality, that's exactly what it stands for. The earth are here and the earth above. Now, there's many other meanings too as you go up in the ranks of masonry. They teach you one thing and then, you know, a degree or two later they teach you something totally opposite. That's how it's led. So, um, it's supposed to represent, the, you know, the sun, the moon, and Sirius. Now, I'm going to give you a little um, mystery here. Back in the day, ancient days of Egypt, the people in the land were told by the priests in Egypt, they were told that the sun is God, you know, sun god Ra. But the priests never believed that. The priests believed the spirit that flew to the sun was God and the moon. But the echelon of Egypt didn't believe any of that. It was the dog star Sirius, the blazing star they call it, was God. That's what this whole thing's about. Now, when I talked about the, the altar here... The altar with the Bible, well, the altar with the Bible is usually over the star. So when the, the lower rank masons come in, they barely ever see the star on the floor. Usually it's over, the, the whole altar is on wheels, it moves. So it's usually covering that star on the floor. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't the you know, first three degrees ever see the star? It's called the blazing star, the dog star Sirius. Because it starts getting into what that deity is all about. Then you got the Blue Lodge here, and um, the aprons we're going to get into in a minute. The Blue Lodge is the first three degrees of Freemasonry. And let me get to Duncan's Encyclopedia here. And you can actually find this uh, encyclopedia in the Masonic Lodges too, in the libraries. They have a great deal of books in the libraries. A lot of people don't even read them. It's crazy. So the first degree is called the Entered Apprentice. It's when you first join Freemasonry. And this is the little rituals that you do and lodge into apprentices, fellow crafts, and master masons. So this is the first three degrees is called the Blue Lodge. Normally it's like a Blue Lodge is mostly Christians in that Blue Lodge. It's the first three degrees and uh, they do a lot of rituals and uh, oaths and everything else. We're going to get into all this stuff and I'm just trying to keep it simple as possible. It's tough to do that because uh, trying to explain this to new people. Is very because I've been doing it all these years. It's so hard to articulate to the person that doesn't know anymore. Years ago, I was good at it because you always teaching new people. Now you talk to a lot of people in your peers, you understand the stuff, so you could actually, you know, show it. Whatever the case for what it is, so, so it's hard to articulate to new people. So the Blue Lodge and Freemasonry is the first three degrees. And when you get into the lodge, you see this. On the altar, a holy Bible with the square and compass on top of it, and the altar is usually over that dog star, the place on Star Sirius, which we'll get into a little bit more details in a second here. So the degrees, the first three degrees, is uh, the first degree is called the Entered Apprentice, the second is called the Fellow Craft, or the second degree, and the third degree is called the Master Mason, or third degree. Now, what they do is they give you these grander titles to make you feel important. 
To get each one of these things, you've got to go through a series of rituals. You have to learn uh, hand tokens, uh, secret handshakes, um, secret codes, and all that stuff to get to this thing. Okay, And uh, you're always learning secrets, all the time. All the time, you're learning secrets. And then uh, Manly P. Hall, Manly Palmer Hall, we're going to get to that in a little while, too, uh, who he was. Philosopher, one of the most famous Freemasons of his time. He even says that it's intentionally, we're going to get to the quote later, it's intentionally that the Mason, the candidate, is misled every step of the way. They openly say that you literally lie to up in, you know, until they get you to that perfect cornerstone. It's like high school, you know what I mean? You're, in, you're freshman, you think you're king of the world because you're in high school now. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting beat up by the um, the seniors, you know what I mean? And, you know, you get the point from there. That's how it is. And uh, so when you're at this uh, grand tutorial, you're a master mason. The name master mason sounds great, right? Well, <laughs> no, because you got 30 more degrees to go. <laughs> you're just starting, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you got the antidepressant apprentice, the fellow craft, and the master masons. The first three degrees of what they call... The Blue Lodge. And you walk into the lodge and there's a beautiful holy Bible up on the altar with the square and compass, which is an abomination when you find out what the square and compass is actually is. It's not... And I, I don't know how to express this right. Um, yeah. So when you first join Freemasonry, everything you get told, everything, is a lie. Just want to let you know that. When you join Freemasonry, enter the apprentice... Uh, even fellow craft, even master mason. Now the thing is, as you're going up, you're starting to learn more. They don't tell you everything right away. They don't tell you the truth right away. You learn that the square and compass has many, many, many meanings as you're moving up in the ranks. Same thing with the all and I. When you get towards the eye of providence, <laughs> not even close. And when we eventually get to learn it's the eye of Horus, no. Then, I know it's going to sound far-fetched, but follow me uh you will get told at the end that the all three night is the eye of Lucifer. We're going to get into this stuff here. Yeah? Everything you get told, in the first, especially in the first three degrees, is a lie. And they tell you, they say, well, nobody else knows this information. It's historic. They pump you up like that. You know, that's why they use movies like National Treasure to recruit people in Freemasonry. And I almost got duped into it, too, because it, it sounds so cool. It's about history, American history, all the secrets and stuff like that. And, uh, and they make it sound so cool, you know what I mean, which they do. They really, really do sell a good product, okay, plain and simple. And to your final, yeah, you're learning things that the public doesn't know, but you're being lied to about the public, what the public doesn't know yet. Because the thing is, they're not going to pour all their information onto a new person. Their goal is for um, to which you'll find out later about the cornerstone. Your that goal is to shape you, you know, to them you're a block. That's all you are. They want to shape you into that perfect cornerstone. And along the way as they're shaping you into that perfect cornerstone, they're literally philosophically changing who you are. That's why I said atheists atheists don't go to Freemasonry. There ain't no atheists in Freemasonry. And if you're in the occult, you go through the ranks like no tomorrow. We'll get to some more about the ranks here. So now as you move into what's called the Red Lodge. Okay, the Red Lodge is the fourth degree and up. And there's two, there's two sects to this too as well. Wait till you see this in a minute. So the Red Lodge is where you become the fourth degree. Which is called the Mock Master. And that's where your journey just begins. When you think you're a Master Mason, you think you're the, the cat's meow. 
<laughs> not even close. You move into the Blue Lodge as a fourth degree. When you graduate into the fourth degree, you're called a Mock Mason. And that's when, just when your journey begins. <laughs> you start all over again, basically. So everything you got told as a Blue Lodge member is out the window, literally. You start learning the process all over again. Then slowly you start learning about, oh, what does that star on the floor mean? Oh, what could that possibly be? And you end up learning, it's that called the blazing star, the dog star they call it. That's why you ever see Sirius Satellite Radio shows a dog for the promo. It's called the dog star. This is ancient. Back to the ancient days of Egypt. They actually worship the star Sirius. That's why everything's aligned in D.C. and the Vatican and all the major cities in the world around this constellation. It's called, the Masons call it the, seven, the sign of the seven stars and the three stars. We'll get into that to another show. That's a whole new ball of wax altogether to even talk about. And um, that's uh, Orion's belt. That's very particular with uh, Nimrod. So they believe uh, when you're looking up at that, the, the, that constellation is the Pleiades. It's Pleiades and Orion. Orion's within the star constellation of Pleiades. You're actually looking into the underworld. That's what they believe. And a lot of people believe is where a lot of the, um, the realm where a lot of the fallen angels are held. And they said that's um, Osiris, not a coincidence that's similar to Sirius, but Osiris, known as Nimrod, he went to rule this underworld. So, yeah, there's very significant, very creepy stuff, man. And uh, they built all of DC around this. All of DC was built around that. All of Egypt was built around that. All of Paris, France was built around that. All of the Vatican was built around that. Not a coincidence that all these major cities in the world built around this particular star system. So, again, I'm just covering um, uh, yeah, the tip of the iceberg here. <laughs> and we're going to get to all this stuff as time goes on. So, this is what the general order looks like when we just talked about. Join masonry. Uh, right at the bottom, you see, it says, uh, Enter the apprentice. Fellow craft and the master masons only the first three degrees of the initiation. Now, when you graduate or move on to a fourth degree, now you have a thing. It's called the Shriners Pass. And what you do is you go through, um, you decide to take the right path or the left path. The Scottish right is uh, known as the right path, and the left path is the York right. The York right, you move up a little bit quicker. The ranks are a lot quicker. There's less degrees to move up to, but ultimately uh, you move up to, you know, quick to the 33rd degree. It's the quicker way up. And the Scottish right, I mean, we're going to get into the stuff too. And uh, how Albert Pike created the 33rd degree for the Scottish right. And what the York right is. And uh, we're going to cover that mainly in the next show. I uh, just want to get to the basics of this. And the Blue Lodge is, again, the first and second, third degree. The, the fourth degree and up is called the Red Lodge, in, you know, in which is you go the right path or the left path. And I don't know if you've ever seen uh, portraits, pictures of people in magazines, even B Pat Robinson, right? Pat Robinson, supposed to be a Christian, right? He was in Time Magazine. I should have put this up. You could go actually go look this up for yourself. Pat Robinson is in Time Magazine like this. Who does that? Neil Armstrong, he's got a little pocket and there's a thing, puts his hand in his pocket like this, his fingers in it. You see so many portraits, even uh, Prince uh, Harry. Every time he's taking a picture, he's got his hand in his sleeve, under his coat, or um, in the pocket, something like that. 
Why are they doing that for? You see tons of the stuff, and you won't notice it now. I mean, you notice it now that I mention it. And when you go out in public, you're going to see portraits and pictures of famous people, TV, everywhere else, that happen to be doing this in their sleeve of the coat or their, well, their pocket with their right hand or the left hand. And that's showing you, that's showing other Masons around the world that what path they belong to, the right-handed path or the left-handed path. And if you know anything about the occult, the right hand, the path is supposed to be um, the lighter side, which is not, okay? And the left-hand path is a direct path. It's pure evil, plain and simple. You worship Lucifer. The right-hand path is the longer way to Lucifer. That's, you know, we're going to leave that short there. So there's the degrees, and I hope I'm making sense to people out there. And uh, stop me if I'm not. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I just want to the Haley and Haley and you. Uh, you got um the question you posed, and I know it's off topic. Is the original Bible actually against gay people? I just wanted to uh, address that real quick. And yeah, you know, Haley, you know what? If you want, call in at the end of the show. We're gonna have open topics and all that. If you stay in the show, call in and present that question. I want you to because I want to show you the truth about that. It's not against gay people. It's against the sin being gay. You know what I mean? Well, I'll explain it to you. So, Haley, if you're still watching, I know you got timed out. Just wait for the end of the show, and I invite you to call into the show or propose that question again, and I'll answer it. Just wait for the show's over, um, because that's a very important question that people um, that don't know the Bible too much should know. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm sorry, guys, moving back here. So, and speaking of Bible, because this is all to do with... Um, they use all kinds of uh, religions, Eastern religions. So, basically, with the Freemasonry is a combination of... Yes, biblical, and which is not biblical at all, but they'll take anybody from any religion into the craft, they call it. And there's a reason why it's called the craft. And they build you up all along the ranks there. And this is, um, this is, uh, we're going to get to this next week. This is something that's beyond, uh, you know, understand at this point right now for new people. So these are the um, the Blue Lodge Masonry, the Scottish Rite, or the York Rite Masonry. Then it goes higher. It goes up to actually, uh, I think, 360 degrees or whatever it was. Uh, the ancient Rite of Miseram, the Memphis Miseram. And there's other uh, sects of Masonry that are much higher. Ancient orders and everything else that go higher up the, the ladder. The OTO, them needs the different orders. The Order of the Trapezoid. The Illuminati, the Palladium, uh, the Nine Unknown Men, the Seven, uh, the, you know, it's so entrenched. So when you're at that Blue Lodge of Masonry, you're at the very, very, very bottom. And the thing is, you I don't care if you're a master mason and uh, you're listening, you have no clue. Like, other than the study manuals that they gave you for the fourth degree. No clue what you're getting into when you move into the, the Red Lodge. And whether you decide to go the York or Scottish Rite, you have no clue. Then a shrine, you have, oh, wow. <laughs> Talking about uh, insanity, okay? Then you get to the Grand Sovereign Inspectors General, so that's the 33rd degree, uh, and the Supreme Council of Grand Sovereign Inspectors. Then you get the Order of Trapezoid. That's where it starts really getting occultish is no tomorrow, and it goes up. So I'm not going to uh, confuse people right now. Just going to focus on the basics of Freemasonry and show you where, uh, you know, if you're a professing Christian, uh, you should not be involved in this uh, order. I'm not going to judge you for that, but, you know what I mean, this is what I'm going to show you. 
And these are some of the groups here, the Rainbow Girls, the Job's Daughters, the Malays, uh, the White Shrine, the Daughters of the Nile, the Orders of the Eastern Star, these are for women here. For youth is the Demoys, the Job's Daughters. So basically, let me go through this real quick. For young girls, young boys, I'm sorry, they go to the Demoys. Jacques Demoys was a famous Freemason. He was a, an, a French revolutionist. And if anybody knows anything about him, he was into the occult and pedophilia. So it's kind of you know weird that they would call their boys organization after one of them. So then for the girls, you have Job's Daughters and the Rainbow Girls. The little girls. So... The women's sect is the Order of the Eastern Star that was created by Aleister Crowley. The Daughters of the Nile and the White Shrine. Then they have the, um, what's that one called? The Prince Hall for the Black Folks. It's called Prince Hall Masonic Lodge for Black Folks. But in the regular Masonic Lodges, uh, yeah, that's uh, for men only. And as you can see, the degrees that they go up. And uh, each uh, sect there, the Scottish right and the York right. And they go up those degrees there until they get to the 33rd degree called the Grand Sovereign Inspector General. He's the, the head honcho of the lounge. Lounge, I'm sorry. He's like you know, literally the, the president of the lodge. And to get to that level, man, you got to spend your entire life in, um, in, in Freemasonry to even get to that. Thousands of dollars and dollars, um, tons of degrees, uh, you know, going up the rank there. You got to learn so many codes, uh, tokens, rituals. I mean, it's crazy, man. So this is what basically it looks like. I mean, right, you got the York right up there, the way up to the top. And everything's based off a pyramid thing. That's where um, Miller's business, where they call it the pyramid scheme. That's where this come from. And the reason why I say that for because... Each degree, like you're at the bottom, at the very bottom, you just begun your um, entered apprentice, <laughs> and you're paying fees, you're paying dues, you pay fees for the degree rituals, you pay dues every uh, month or so, and what happens is um, your that money goes right up the ladder, it goes right up to the people at the top, they're collecting all that money, and it just trickles right down to the ladder. They got tons and tons of people at the bottom that pay the rituals and dues, the people at the top make the money. And it's the same scheme that the businesses use because they were Freemasons that designed all that, the pyramid scheme. They tell you, oh, come sell insurance or something. And um, and if you get people under you, you can make money off them. See how that works? And in the meantime, you're making them money at the top. And the people at the top don't even do nothing. They just sit there and collect your money you work for. So all those years you spend each degree, thousands of dollars of ritual fees and everything else, and you're learning tons of tokens. In the meantime, most of the time you're being lied to about everything. Everything. The true intent of the pyramids, I mean, uh, pyramids, I'm sorry, the true intent of the pillars of Jashin and Boaz, the All-C&I, the, um, the Trowel, so many different things. The, I mean, it's crazy. And these are aprons they use. They usually use a lambskin. Uh, but yeah, these are different aprons because uh, a mason would have an apron to cover their loins from the tools that they use because they're, you know, stone masons. You know what I mean? That's where it really comes from. And no, uh, not every mason's a stone mason. Some people don't even know how to touch them, they wouldn't even know what to do with a brick or a rock and put it together or a wall. Uh, it's just a thing of called Freemasonry. 
in today's world, uh, most of the Freemasons are not Masons at all. You know what I mean? Because there's Masons out there. I mean, like people do construction that put up walls and stuff. Those are the original builders. You know what I mean? That's where uh, Freemasonry derived off of the ancient builders, the ancient temples. So why do Freemasons wear white aprons? So Freemasons wear white apron to represent themselves as a Mason in a stated communication at Blue Lodge. The color white comes from the lambskin material which was made from entered apprentices, fellcraft, and master masons where that's the first three degrees, wear the aprons in a different way to signify their rank in the fraternity. A master mason can be buried wearing the apron at his death as well. Now, if you notice too in colleges, when you join a fraternity in college, right, what happens? You have to go through different rituals, right? Yeah, it's crazy stuff that you got to go through to be accepted into that fraternity. Now, granted, college fraternities are not Masonic lodges, but that's they get the stuff from these uh, secret societies. So, what is the history of the white apron? Now, originally, the apron was worn by an operative masons to protect themselves from rough stones and tools. As a fraternity evolved into more speculative society where men free born of lawful age could join the Freemasons, the Masonic apron essentially was kept to remember the workmen of our orig origins. I'm sorry. So again, most Masons today are not actually Masons. You know what I mean? So, um, working Masons, I just say. But these days, the white leather apron is a badge of fraternal brotherhood and a reminder of the lessons in the uh, three degrees of Freemasonry. It should serve as a reminder to uh, Master Masons that regular sit in the Lodge and not their obligations or commitments they had promised to uphold the values of brotherly love within the craft. So if you're actually looking at this stuff, and there's very, um, a lot of biblical references that they use. If you see that stairway there, um, they refer that uh, from Jacob's Ladder, if you will. The Stairway to Heaven. They had a song about that too. That's very significant with that. These pillars. Where these different people stand upon them. There's very significance with that. The all C and I. Um, the star. The blazing star. It's usually a pentagram. Whatever the case. Uh, what they call the blazing star. The pillars of Jashin and Boaz. When you get into that. They'll give you false biblical interpretations. Of every one of those things. They'll tell you that eye right there. Oh that's the eye of providence. Which is God. That's the eye of Providence. He watches us over us. All oh, those those are just the pillars of Joshua and Boaz, the same pillars that they used in the Temple of Solomon. Oh, that, don't worry about that. That's just the stairway to heaven. That's what they tell when you when you first join the Masonic lodges when you start going to the monitors. And for the record, I got tons of the stuff. I got several books at home. I'm like another David Carrico when it comes to stuff. I got um, tons of Masonic uh, monitors from the Masonic lodges. I got study books, too, from, um, this is a good book, uh, Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robinson. This is something totally uh, further uh, when we get to the other shows about masonry. But William Schnoblin, a former Freemason, he wrote a book on uh, masonry beyond the light. That's kind of where I got the title for the, tonight's show. They put behind the light, uh, the doctors behind the light. But yeah, William Schnoblin uh, reveals a lot of this stuff and more. Uh, the Genesis 6 Conspiracy by Gary Wayne. He talks about this, some of the stuff too. About the ancient builders and stuff. And um, now Masonic material, like I said, I showed you that monitor. And these books here, I do not suggest anybody to buy. Uh, coming up. The ones I just showed you, yes, definitely. But this book here especially. Um, it's called The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. Uh, it's by Manly Palmer Hall. 
This is a very, very... We're going to uh, run some quotes by it, too, by the way, uh, when we get into the show. Uh, so this is a very disgusting book. Uh, Manly P. Hall was known as uh, a great philosopher. He was one of the famous Freemasons of his time. But, yeah, nothing great about this man. And this book, I mean... Uh, yeah, uh, I told my wife if something happens to me, this book and a few others I'm going to show you to burn these things because um, these things are evil as they come. Uh, especially this one here. This one is from the straight out of the gates of hell. And mind you, you can go into your Masonic Lodge right now if you're a Mason. You'll find these books in your Masonic Lodge. This one here is called Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike. This is uh, beyond garbage, okay? This is uh, probably... Uh, one of the most evil things that were ever created. And you see on the front, that's the symbol of Mamun Ra, which is the Egyptian god of war and, uh, was it war and power. War and money, I'm sorry, riches and money. Power and money, whatever the case, power and wealth. So, uh, double-headed eagle, you see that in different places. And that's a symbol for the 33rd degree, which Albert Pike, he was the creator of the 33rd degree for the Scottish Rite. So, um, we'll explain that in a little while. Uh, so, notice how it says ancient and accepted right. Yeah, and this book is horrendous. Right? And I, I have these books because um, to know your enemy, expose them. To be, because I can tell people, hey, it's from your own books. This ain't no conspiracy theory videos, something off YouTube. This is from your own material. Then you got Albert Pike's, uh, Al no, Albert Mackey's Encyclopedia of Masonry. Uh, you got um, more other books too by Manly P. Hall. Other books by Albert Pike. Books by Aleister Crowley. It's tons and tons of material that lie right within your uh, Masonic Lodges libraries. And most Masons will read them. And I guarantee if you're, you claim to be a professing Christian and you're a Mason, I challenge you. I challenge you. Go into your, take a day off. Go into your Masonic Lodges library. And I want you to read these books. And you tell me that this is a, uh, a place for Christians to be. And we're not even done yet. we got tons of stuff. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Then you got to learn that's not the stairway to heaven. Then you got to learn, oh, that's not the eye of Protestant. <laughs> By all means, that's not God's eye. Then you got to learn that that God is not what who you think is. not the God of the Bible. It's the God of Kabbalah. That's uh, we're going to cover next week. <laughs> And you all see this on the back of the dollar bill. Yeah, we did a whole show, I mean, whole documentary on this. Me and David Carrico and uh, Doc Marquise. So there's nothing providence about that eye on the top of that pyramid. Nothing. The thousand points of illumination around it. This is what top of Freemasonry is. And masonry spelled out right in there. And we got that, we cover all that in that documentary. I'm just trying to go through um, the significance here. And you all get, again, you get told, oh, it's Eye of Providence. It's, it's no Illuminati Dan, it's the Eye of Providence. Then later on, when you you know start moving up the ranks, you get to the Red Lodge and everything. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not the Eye of Providence. It's actually the Eye of Horus, the so-called sun god. It's, you know, because he watches over you. Then eventually you'll learn when you get to the very top, and don't take my word for it, but read it for yourself. You'll learn that's the eye of Lucifer, Satan himself. 
And now we get to a trowel. I mean, this is one of the tools, many tools that the Freemasons have. A trowel is basically used to for bricklaying. You put the bricks, put the bricks in place, and you put the, um, the you know whatever the paste is, uh, the cement, uh, whatever they use. Uh, I'm not a bricklayer, so I don't know. Uh, the mortar, I should say. So you put the mo the mortar makes the bricks stick together. So you lay the mortar down with the trowel. So they get um, the ceremonial trowel for the rituals. And a trowel, and T is for the tools of the first three degrees. R is for every rule as each brother agrees. O is for the oath and masking all brothers true. Making all brothers true, I'm sorry. W is for the work each one of us must do. E is for the effort to answer every call. L is, stands for love, the most important thing of all. These uh, let us spell trowel in a every brother knows Spreads love and friendship wherever he goes. So that's um, that's what the meaning of the, the trowel is in Freemasonry. And there's a character, a couple characters you're going to hear mainly in Freemasonry. One is called Hiram Abiff. Now the thing is, when you first join Masonry, yeah, you're a Christian, come on in. But you soon, real soon, start to learn that the word, the name Jesus Christ doesn't appear at all in Freemasonry. At all. Then you start the question, why is there even a Bible in here? Because they talk more about Hiram Abiff, more about Solomon, more about Tubal Cain. Tubal Cain was, um, they believe he survived the flood. He's one of the Nephilim that survived the flood. He was another Cain, a descendant of Cain. That's what me, Tubal Cain means another Cain. Uh, so that's uh, all history altogether. But you start to learn about these characters. Yeah, they're biblical, but. They're on the wrong side of the fence, okay? And you start to learn more about these than Jesus Christ. And you'll quickly see that, that, you know, it's even condemned to even say such a thing that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Because uh, it's all about a universal religion. That's what they're about. So the legend of Master Builder, Hiram Abiff, is the greatest allegory of masonry. It happens that his figurative story is grounded on a fact of personality mentioned in Holy Scripture, but the historical background of his accidents and not the essence, uh, the significance is an allegory uh, not in any point of history which may lie behind it. That came from the New England Encyclopedia, the New Encyclopedia of Freemasonry. So you you see not a lot. So you gotta see these uh, characters pop up and everything. Then uh, yeah, and uh, see there's stairs here, right? And we explain what the old three and I is. We round about what it is. Uh, the pillars of Jash and Boaz, and you end up learning that represents the androgynous god. The androgynous means um, in the long run. Okay, we'll get to details later. Uh, that they believe that. God himself is both the male and female. They believe the Holy Spirit is a female, which is pure blasphemy. That's the unforgivable sin. Then they believe that Satan and God are the same person. How stupid and blasphemy that is, that's what they believe. That square and compass, you see? Yeah, it's not just the tools. It's because you, me um, getting to this, right? And also these pillars mean... Male and female too, sun and moon. They refer to the sun as a male and the moon as a female. It gets into a Diana goddess worship and everything. Uh, and 
It's so occultic, it really is. So most people going to the lodge have no clue, no clue what the hell they're even looking at. They give false interpretations of all this. Oh, how could it be bad? That's the eye of God, Pronounce. That's the pillars of Jeshim, Boaz, and this is all biblical. You know, they'll lay biblical references down. Not even close. And um, the square compass, that is actually, if you learn, everything in the occultic world is perverted. The square and compass represents not only the Kabbalah style, but also represents a man mounting a woman. That's what it means in sexual intercourse. The G spot, why do you think there's a G involved? Because oh, I was grand architect in the university, stands for God when you first get in there. Oh, grand architect later, then Gnostics God later, and the G spot is perverted. I mean, you all we're all adults, yeah? And uh, you all heard that phrase one way or another, oh, you got to find her G spot. That, that's where it all comes from. It's complete perversion sexuality in the occult. You learn all this stuff later. You'll never learn any of this in the Blue, uh, the Blue Lodge. None of it. Then you get to these, um, these stairs, these ceremonial stairs. They have them in every lodge. What do those mean? Well, first you got the hearing, seeing, feeling, smelling, tasting. That, those are the senses a human being has. Then, as you go up, you got grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. Those are called the seven sacred sciences that were allegedly taught to Adam by God. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Gary Wayne, in his book, uh, The Conspiracy Six, Genesis Six Conspiracy by Gary Wayne, he points this out uh, because there's two versions of this so-called seven sacred sciences. So... Again, we're laying out the seven sacred sciences. Uh, you got grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. All right, and this is what we're all taught in school, right? These are the prime classes we're all taught in school, right? Uh, in the education system. However, here's the thing about this: all that there is nothing at all what they teach in school, nothing. And these. Seven sacred sciences that God taught Adam. This or what we learn in school is nothing. Totally different from what, what the truth is. So what happened? Okay, I'll explain this. i try to explain in details. God, yes, he taught Adam and his descendants um, called the seven sacred sciences. And what the occult did, and everything in the occult is perverted and also opposite mirror image of what God teaches. This is ancient writings and all that stuff. And uh, they, they taught this, uh, which uh, we call the bastardized version of the seven sacred sciences, completely twisted. It was taught to men by the fallen angels. And um, it was uh, Cain and the son, um, the evil Enoch, and one of his sons, I would text his name, uh, Lamech, the evil Lamech. There's two Enochs and two Lamechs, uh, you know, on two different bloodlines. The evil Enoch and the evil Lamech, taught, um, before the flood, they preserved all that knowledge in tombs and made markers and all that for the people later on after the flood to stumble upon this knowledge and return it to the earth. And they were taught this by the fallen angels. They were taught this by the evil spirits who were on the earth. They were the bastardized version of the sacred sciences that God taught men. 
and do the bloodline of Seth, they preserved the real original seven sacred sciences. And in today's world, the seven sacred sciences that these occultists know, nothing, everything you learn in school, okay, all the stuff you learn in school, that's a, a splinter. A fragmented splinter, and most of it's a twisted splinter of what they know. But even what they know is uh, a perverted twist to the real seven sacred sciences. But they think they got the real solutions. They think they got the real seven sacred sciences, and the whole world doesn't know that. They know, and they're right. The world doesn't know anything what they believe. And if they did, it would be a whole different world. What is taught in the schools is, um, all right, their version, okay, their version, they took a little micro fraction off of it polluted it, diluted it, and all this stuff, and put it into the school systems. This is what the world knows. People got the GAD, I'm sorry, uh, PhDs and the diplomas and the doctrines on something off this. They know this, okay? And this is nothing but a twisted, mangled version of this. That's all it is. But this is nothing compared to God's version. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Uh. So, they think they got the sacred knowledge. And no, you don't learn any of that stuff in school or college. You could spend 50 years in the college or university and you'll never learn anything. And yes, there's more truth in that than what we learn in school. But again, there's a lot of twisted stuff in that truth. And the only truth you do learn is from God. True wisdom comes from the Lord. True enlightenment. And the thing about Freemasonry, here's the thing. It's all about enlightenment. It's all about uh, illumination. You hear that all the time. To carve you into that perfect cornerstone, to bring you to the light. What do you think that ladder's for? They call it a tracing board, by the way. Well, we'll go back here. Right there on the right, that's called a tracing board. Your journey up to the light. And that light is not heaven, guys. <laughs> That light up there is the dog star serious. Complete Luciferian doctrine. And those are not angels you see. Those are, you know, they depict them as angels to lure good people into the uh, Freemasonry. Nothing at all angelic about that. Nothing. So if you're still drinking on joining Freemasonry, I mean, already I hope and pray that this, you know, I still got more to come here. Yeah. That you uh, second uh, thought this. Because this is only touching the tip of the iceberg. And we got more stuff to cover here. So um, this is one of the encyclopedias. Uh, it's called Albert Mackey. His uh, encyclopedia on Freemasonry. And Albert Mackey was a revered uh, Freemason by the way. And this is some of the references here. You got Duncan's Ritual of Freemasonry. And here's the thing about rituals, right? Uh, I'm going to go back there quick before you move any further. So, is the thing about Freemasonry, they do something called oaths and rituals. Yeah, as you can see at Duncan's oath, and it shows you, like, uh, enter the apprentice, what they must do, and they got to uh, learn secret handshakes and whatnot. Uh, secret terms and codes and uh, do certain rituals and they take a blood oath. Let me see if I can scroll down to the oath here. Every degree accompanies an oath that if you give up its secrets, you could be killed. 
And back in the days, you were killed. If you uh, exploit anything with Freemasonry, you uh, did any such things, you would be killed. And now today, of course, it's a little lighter now, but... And look at the certain uh, stance they have to make. I mean, there's so many of them. So many stance and uh, gestures you got to know. This is only for the first degree and such. <laughs> you got to know all these things. Different uh, signals... A Grand Halen uh, sign of distress. And that right there with his hands up, that's where uh, actually Joseph Smith, uh, he was the founder of uh, Mormonism. He was a Freemason. Uh, when he was uh, killed in the Chicago prison, I think it was Chicago prison, one of the prisons he was killed at, uh, Freemason, uh, what they'll do is they'll hold their hands up like that and they'll yell, is there any help for a widow's son? Now who's the widow's son? It's uh, Hiram and Biff. That's a uh, Grand Halen signal of distress. So anybody that's a Freemason in the area will come out and help you. That's what uh, Joseph Smith used when he was on his diet. Then he made, uh, my God, my God, I forgot uh, the rest of what he said. But, but yeah, he yelled out, is there any help for a widow's son? And not even the Freemasons wanted anything to do with him at the time because the guy was a complete lunatic. But yeah, that's, these are the things you got to memorize as... And it goes where I mean, there's so much involved. It's only the first degree. You got to learn different codes and uh, alphabets, and it's insane. And uh, rituals, you take a blood oath ritual. And it's the Feldcraft degree, and uh, So you get the point. And uh, the oaths they take. And this is the oath of the first degree. So tell me right now, and we're going to get to the Bible verses though. And those of you who know uh, the Bible very well, you already know exactly how bad taking oaths are. As Jesus said, you know what I mean? Don't swear upon any oaths. But check this out. Tell me this is what a Christian should be doing. The first degree Mason, when you officially become first degree, you got to memorize this. Binding myself under no less penalty than having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out by its roots, and buried in the rough sands of the sea at low water mark, which is low tide, where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours, should I ever knowingly or willingly violate my solemn oath and obligation as an entered apprentice mason, which is that, you know, keeping secrecy. So help me God and keep me steadfast and do performance of the same. But yeah, of course they say God because they want you to believe, uh, you know, there's nothing ungodly what you're doing. Because they lure a lot of good Christians into the craft. It's nothing to do with God. So the second one is by myself under no less penalty than have my throat, my breast, I'm sorry, torn apart, my heart plucked out and given to pray to wild beasts of the field in the fowls of the air. And same thing, similar thing here, uh, that if I violate my Solomon oath as a master mason, so help me God. And let's talk about, um, this is gross, man. And uh, penalty of having my body severed in two, my bowels taken and thence burned to ashes, and ashes scattered in the four winds of heaven. So no more trace of remembrance of me uh, so vile. Uh, that's, that's crazy, man. And uh, no Christian should be doing stuff. Yeah, if you think it's a joke, oh, it's just uh, an oath I'm going to take. And, uh, yeah, it's no big deal. I don't mean anything by it. You know, you might think so, but the the lodge, it, this is very important to them. They take this to heart. You might think it's a joke to get onto the next level. 
And the thing is, they promise you all kinds of grandeur, uh, grandeur names. Oh, maybe you can get you, we'll get you a better job. And if you notice a lot of top people, Mason, so they'll snow you with all that to make you sound like the, your life will go, I mean, it'll be a life of luxury, basically. You get breaks from cops, you get breaks from judges, and they do. They do. One of the, um, the greetings of a, um, a Mason, they'll come in, if you suspect somebody else being a Mason, they'll go, hey, how you doing? And like, yeah, are you a traveling man? And I think the reply is, yes, I've been to the East or something in that matter, to let them know that you're a Mason without saying that, you know what I mean? So if you walk up to somebody and say, hey, are you a traveling man? They'll be like, the hell are you talking about, you know? And uh, Mason would reply with something that I forgot exactly, something that he's been to the East. Confirm that he's a Mason. Then the handshakes they give, it depends on what handshake is called a token. They grab a certain knuckle to let you know what degree they are, and they grab another one if they're a Mason to let you see them all the time in celebrities and people on TV where leaders will shake hands, and it's always a weird handshake. Something in that matter. You can see the handshakes, the Masonic handshakes. And when I said the hands on the sleeves and everything, to let them know what path they are, the right or the left handed path. It's all out there, right in plain sight. And when you know this now, when you go in public, you got to start seeing these things. When you watch TV, the news, and all that, you got to start seeing these things. They don't hide it. Because the thing is, here's a, the point of a symbol, because it's all symbolism. The point of a symbol, it's to conceal to those who can't see and to reveal the, to those who can. And within every symbol, there's uh, exoteric meaning, which is, means many, 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 many reasons. Uh, um, uh, meanings but they're all false meanings the esoteric version of a symbol is uh, it could be you know of course a symbol you could have uh, one two it could be a few maybe a dozen real meanings of a symbol but you'll never know that you know what I mean uh, this goes into like, something like a monster energy drink right? I don't even have one here um, to them it's just advertising corporate advertising shows M but it's actually three letters of the Hebrew letter Vav Release the beast at six x x. That's exactly what it is. A six letter in alphabet. You would never see that. And uh, it's a. And the thing is, the court they do this in corporate advertisement all over uh, people's properties and uh, businesses. Because well, what they'll do is like a corporation. They'll they'll uh, lease out the work. You know, the way it's like uh, they'll go to a company, right? Say, hey, listen, I need a good logo design, a good phrase for my company. You know what I mean? So they'll outsource the work, and the advertising team will get together. And these are masons. They love putting their occultic agenda, something simple as a Monster Energy drink. And of course it sounds cool. And it looks like M and everything else, like Monster and all. Yeah, they do that purposely. Because to the world, it's just a Monster Energy drink thing, and it conceals to those who can't see it. To the ones who can see it, it reveals to them. And it goes for anything else, you know what I mean? Every symbol of that Volkswagen bug thing, I mean, it goes so deep into that stuff. Like I said, with this symbol, yeah, the square and compass, yeah, <laughs> it's a square and compass you use for stonemasonry, absolutely, and construction. But it goes further, gets into sexual, occultic rituals, the man mounting the female, hitting the G spot. Then you have the Kabbalah star, it's crazy. So I mean, it's crazy what they're doing. Uh, yeah, this is something as a Christian. Why would you be taking blood oaths? And we're going to get to the Bible verses here. In Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 33 and 37. You know what I love about the book of Matthew? 
The book of Matthew is like the nuclear bomb to Catholicism. It's like the nuclear bomb to Freemasonry. It's like the nuclear bomb to most of these religions out there. And when I say Catholicism, I'm talking about the catechism. Because the book of Matthew alone destroys the catechism. It destroys uh, the Book of Mormons. It destroys uh, the Watchtower. It destroys the Book of the Dead. It destroys Freemasonry um, oaths and everything else. In the Book of Matthew, uh, Jesus says to John, uh, Matthew there, and again, you have heard it had been said of them all times, you shall not forswear thyself. They shall not perform unto the Lord, uh, the Lord thine oaths. Don't take oaths. By saying to you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne. Don't swear by the earth, for it's the, his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shall thy swear by thy head, because you, which is the uh, life and death, or you know, on your life, because you can't make one hair white or black. But lay your communication. Let your let your be, communication be yes, yes, or no, no. Yea is yea, no is no. And whatever else is more than this is evil. Plain and simple. Now, um, this is why I stopped taking solemn oaths. Solemn oaths came from masonry. When you hear in a quarrel where you solemnly swear to tell the whole truth, though, and they have the Bible right there sometime, and they used to put your right hand on the Bible and raise your left hand and all that. It's the Bible left hand to solemnly swear. That's not biblical oath. I stopped doing that a long time ago. I uh, went to the court proceedings, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> from another time. I was at court recently, twice, right? And uh, they wanted me to do it. I said, I don't do it. And I brought up Matthew f chapter 5. And I told him, it's like, my yes will be yes, my no will be no. Anything else um, is of the devil, says my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because they tell you, put your right hand on the Bible, take, you know, whatever the case, don't do any of that. Don't even raise your hand. Tell them, I don't take oaths. My yes will be yes, and they call it affirmation. Because they have oaths now and they offer you affirmation. In other words, yeah, I'm going to tell the truth. Because they have a sworn oath then or affirmation. I suggest people to take the affirmation. Even when you, um, there's a lot of patriot groups out there like the Oath Keepers, right? Uh, the Oath Keeper, they, um, the good people, I love them to death. You know, great patriots. But to join an organization, whatever, they make you take a, a solemn oath. Uh, that's when I first started realizing when there's something not sitting right with me, you know, with these oaths. Then, you know, come to find out, yeah, uh, Jesus says, don't swear upon any oath, plain and simple. Goes to several examples, don't swear on any oaths. So that goes for you Freemasons out there. Every ritual you go, I mean degree, you swear an oath, a blood oath on your blood life. Regardless if you think it's serious or not, you're still swearing an oath. Is that something a Christian should be doing? No. Not at all. Especially they say solemnly swear. No, you don't solemnly swear nothing. Because it says don't even swear by heaven. <laughs> you know when people say, oh, I swear to God, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I, I, uh, it's like, how could I do that? You know what I mean? You, you, that's an oath. Remember when you talk, I swear to God I didn't do that, Ma. Don't say that. Don't tell people that because it's, I mean, you're doing more harm than good. Jesus says, yes be yes, you know be no, plain and simple. Anything else is of the devil, bottom line. Regardless what you're told. So Morals and Dogma, this disgusting trash bag book I just showed you. And um, this is one of the books I told my wife to burn, not give away or sell, burn. 
something ever happened to me. This this thing's putrid. Uh, so I'm going to get to some quotes, okay? And again, uh, the reason why I'm getting to these quotes for, because I challenge anybody who's a Freemason, I want you to go into your own Masonic library. Every Masonic library should have this. Albert Pike was one of the most famous Freemasons. He, After all, he was the creator of the 33rd degree from the Scottish Rite. He created the 33rd degree. Okay, Confederate General Albert Pike, and he's also the backbone of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, backed by the Democratic Party. Go figure, right? I'm glad they destroyed that statue, man. Yeah, I'm glad people woke up to that. So again, the creator of the 33rd degree for the Scottish, right? And that's a symbol used, Maman Ra, uh, ancient Egyptian symbol of God and... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Ancient Egyptian symbol of um, war and money. Wealth and power. With the crown upon its head. And also the crown upon its head symbolizes the duality in the cultism. And also represents the androgynous uh, good and evil male-female deity, which is Kabbalah. And Albert Pike was into big into Kabbalah. And if you actually look at every one of these uh, leading, revered Freemasons, you'll find out all of them were into Kabbalah. They don't tell you that to the very last when they finally realized that uh, masonry is a religion of Kabbalah. The dead man in the coffin ritual, it's uh, Rabbi Bar Yoshi. We're going to cover that some other time, but anti-masons claim, Albert Pike wrote, that which we must say to the crowd, and it's not claimed because he actually did write it. We got the doctrines to prove it. It's right in, um, right in Morals and Dogma. So I got this off some site that says uh, anti-Masons because I found a quote instead of typing it out myself. But yeah, uh, that which we may must to the say must to the crowd, we worship a God, but it is the God that one adores without superstition. To the sovereign grand inspectors general, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st, and 30th degrees. The Masonic religion should be, by all of its initiates, of the high degrees maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. Yes, Lucifer is God, and unfortunately, Adonai is also God. Adonai is another name for Jehovah, another name for Yahweh, and so on. So, what are you, what are you seeing here? This is Kabbalah. And no, this is um, not an anti-Mason claim. Whoever put this out, you know, in derogatory. This is what Albert Pike stated. They believe that God, okay, is both Lucifer and Adonai, God, you know, Yahweh, whatever you want to call him. They believe it's both Satan and God at the same time, and male and female. And they believe the Holy Spirit is a female. That's Kabbalah, plain and simple. That's the true religion of Freemasonry. At the very highest orders, it's Kabbalah. Ancient Kabbalah, which is pure Satanism. And, I mean, that's the, the highest form of Satanism or, or Luciferianism, whatever you want to call it, as it comes. That's what you're worshiping. And you don't, well, most people don't even know. And check this out. You got Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike, right here, the book I just showed you. Page 63 says, It is Satan attempting to clothe himself in the angelic vesture of light. And go to page 245, 245 or 246. The apocalypse is to those who received the ninth degree, 19th degree, I'm sorry. So those uh, receiving the 19th degree, the prophecies of that sublime faith, which aspires to God alone, 
and despises all the pomps of the works of Lucifer, Lucifer the light bearer. Strange and mysterious name to give the spirit of darkness, Lucifer. The son of the morning star, it is he who bears the light, and with it splendors, intolerable blinds, feeble. Sensual and uh, selfish souls, doubt it not, for our traditions are full of divine relations and inspirations, and inspiration is not of age or, or one of creed, Plato, Plato, I'm sorry, and Philo. Also were inspired. And in, within this book, uh, Moral's Dogma, Satan's mentioned 22 times, Lucifer 6, the devil 8 times. Now, if you go to Second Corinthians uh, 11, chat, uh, verse 14 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. So, um, yes, yeah, not anti-Mason. This is right in your own doctrines. Albert Pike was a Luciferian. Plain and simple. And he was into the Kabbalah. Is the religion of Freemasonry. And we're not done yet. If you go to the, this disgusting book, um, another revered Mason. It's called The Lost Keys of Freemasonry by Manly Palmer Hall. This is him right here. He says in his book, Pages 35 and 36. The true Mason is not creed bound. He realizes with the divine illumination of his lodge that a Mason, his religion must be universal. So, would Christians uh, acknowledge Buddha or Muhammad? He says universal. Christ, Buddha, or Muhammad, the names mean little. Right there, the names mean little to them. For he recognizes only the light and not the bearer. He worships every shrine. Bows before every altar, whether it's temple, mosque, or cathedral. You know, there's every religion you got to bow to. That's not something Christians should be doing. Realizing with this true understanding that the ones of all spiritual truth, all true Masons know that the only are heathen too. That they are, he I'm sorry, all true Masons know that they only are heathens too. Is that something you want to call yourself as a Christian? That you're a heathen too? Having great ideals, do not live up to them. They know that all religions are but one story told in diverse ways for people whose ideals suffer, but whose great purposes is in harmony with the Masonic ideals. And uh, page 78, it's the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. When the Mason learns that the key, and it's more to it, and it goes on to is the proper application of the dynamo of living power. He has learned the mystery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hand. This is prominent. For, this is more. A lot more. These are prominent Freemasons telling you that this is a Luciferian doctrine. 33rd degree Freemason. One of the most prominent Masons of his time. Uh, they called him a great philosopher. He wasn't. All talking about Lucifer. And the Kabbalah. And you go to page 18. It says, Freemasonry is a philosophy which is essentially creedless. It is true for that it bows to the truth regardless of the bearer. Let me read that again and highlight. It, it, it's brothers, right? Which is Freemason, everybody in Freemasonry. Bow to the truth regardless of the bearer. Regardless of the bearer, I mean, Jesus is the only truth. So Satan, you know, this is crazy. They're telling you anybody, you know, what they perceive as the truth. And they serve light instead of wrangling over the one who brings it. 
So it doesn't matter who brings it, they're saying, we're going to bow to the truth, what they perceive as the truth. That's not something Christians should be doing. And I know we got these uh, poor excuses of Christian churches today that bow to this universalism. Oh, uh, we all serve the same God. No, we don't. In this way, they prove that they are seeking to know better and will and dictates the invincible one. No truer religion exists than the word, the world, I'm sorry, comradeship and brotherhood for the purpose of glorifying one God and building him up, him a temple of constructed attitude and noble character. And again, that God they're talking about is an androgynous God, both male, female, Satan, and uh, God, and the same thing. They want you to believe that God is some kind of a hermaphrodite with split complexions and personalities. That's not that's not the whole, uh, the God of, of the universe. It's not the God of the Bible. It's not the God of creation. That's the Kabbalah God. We're going to cover more Kabbalah stuff uh, in another show when we do the part two to this. And if you go, uh, Anton Sandel LeVay, uh, he was the founder of the Church of Satan. Big time follower of Aleister Crowley. And we didn't even touch Aleister Crowley yet. Aleister Crowley was known as a beast. He was, um, he was very, I mean, he was worshipped, basically, in Freemasonry. He belonged to so many secret societies. I mean, he, he even said uh, he was having a hard time remembering all the handshakes, tokens, and gestures. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, he formed the Church of Satan. He created the thing called the Satanic Bible, even though they claim today they're atheists, which is a complete oxymoron. You don't call yourself a Church of Satan or a Satanist if you don't believe in Satan. It's just a complete, it's like me saying I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> a complete oxymoron. But regardless, Anton Sanders LeVay himself was a, a very prominent Freemason. He wrote the Satanic Bible, the Satanic Rituals, and this is what he said. And if you go to the book, and it's pages 144 to 46, he says. But now, even the most hardened of skeptics should be convinced that Freemasonry is Lucifer Satan worship. However, for those who may still need more convincing, let us consider the infernal names by which Masonry masks its many references to Satan. The Satanic Bible, we see uh, 77 names which pagans have referred to Satan over the centuries. Let us quickly review some of those infernal names of Satanism found within the missionary. So, because Anton LaVey is trying to He's not. He's not uh, talking bad about Freemasonry. He's a revering Freemasonry. He's exalting it and saying, "Yes, we have the same similarities." That's Anton Sanders away saying the religion of uh, Freemasonry is loose of worship. And it goes deep, too. I mean, it goes into history. So um, this was also the sixth president of the United States, John Quincy Adams, not to be confused with his father, John Adams. I think John Adams was what, the second president. Uh, but you regardless, okay, but he, he was around Freemasons, okay? He understood what was going on. Now, I want to uh, clarify some uh, confusion within Freemasonry here in the United States and the Founding Fathers. A lot of people believe because they were a Freemason, they were a bad person. No, no that's not the case. You gotta understand, uh, Freemasonry here in America didn't get corrupted yet. Now, granted, being part of Freemasons is not a good thing, okay? And people like George Washington, Freemasonry does love to make outrageous claims. George Washington never attended meeting after meeting. They aren't he was like honorary Freemasonry. That's the way all he was. He spoke at some lodges, but really never he wasn't uh, a diehard Freemason. 
They said he tended all about maybe a uh, maybe a dozen Masonic lodges in his life. That's about it. And it even said that he denounced Freemasonry on his deathbed. Regardless if that's true or not, I can't prove that. Uh, but regardless, like, uh, that's what I'm trying to say. And uh, so a lot of these guys were on Freemasonry and uh, Freemasonry because George Washington. I should put the things in here. He warned the Masonic Lodges in America because he knew about the nefarious Illuminati, how they infiltrated the lodges and the Council of Wilhelm's bad, I think it was 1785. He warned the American Lodges here that the Illuminati infiltrated all of the uh, France's and Europe's lodges and they're coming here. They're doing it here. And he warned his reverend about that and other Masons. And uh, so he sent a warn out to warn about the infiltration of the Illuminati. That, we're going to cover that next week. Uh, so... Um, John Quincy Adams, he had he, he abhorred uh, anything to do with the Illuminati and Masonry because he at this time the Illuminati completely took control of Masonic lodges, and to save face, okay, people say, well, we're not Illuminati. It's like you're not Illuminati. I'm not saying you are. The Illuminati, long story short, uh, they hid themselves from extinction, and they hid themselves within the order of Freemason. We're going to show you that in a minute here. Uh, I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, John Quincy Adams, he warned people about the Freemasonry. He said, Freemasonry is deceptive and fraudulent. It promises light, its performance is darkness. Masonry ought to forever be abolished. It is wrong, essentially wrong, a seed of evil, which can never produce any good. Then he goes on to say, I do consciously and sincerely believe that the order of Freemasonry, if not the greatest, is one of the greatest moral and political evils under which the union is now laboring. A conspiracy of the few against the equal rights of many. The many. And Masonry ought forever be abolished. It is the wrong and essentially wrong, a seed of evil which can never produce any good. And again, he says, Freemasonry is deceptive and fraudulent. It's promises light because uh, I brought this up again because Freemasonry promises light, illumination, wisdom, and knowledge that nobody else knows, and to be become that perfect cornerstone to blaze like the LCNI with a thousand points of illumination. We'll explain all that in other shows too. Uh, but um, yeah, and he said, yeah, they promise light, but its performance is darkness. Plain and simple. And Adams warned that the lodges use. Of the Bible should to train Christians raise red flags, because I showed you at the beginning they have what you go in the Masonic Lodge. There's a Bible on the altar, Holy Bible, with the square and compass on it. His father was a Mason. He knows what he's talking about. And he warned that the lodges' use of the Bible should to be trained Christians be raised as a red flag. You know, it's like there's a red flag with this. If the candidate, he says, if the candidate has been educated to sincere and heartfelt reverence for religion of the in the Bible, and if he exercises his reasons, he knows that the tales of Jashin and Boaz, remember the two pillars we talked about? The tales of Jashin and Boaz, of Solomon's Temple, Hiram and Beth, and Jubilah, Jubilo, and Jubilum are imposters. Poison uh, poured into the perennial fountain of truth. Traditions exactly resemble those uh, probated by Jesus Christ as making the word of God non-effect. Remember I told you at the beginning that um, when you get to Mason Lodges and all that, they, they give you all the biblical references to everything. But that that's not what those things are for. That's just to deceive you and lure you into that. You know how many Christians belong to Masonry? Yeah. That's just to draw good men into the occult. 
That's all that it's about. And it's the reason why it's a blue lodge and it separates from the red lodge. And um, there's more of this stuff, yeah, but um, they have a, a you know, sacred name of God called Jabuan. Uh, it's short for Jehovah, Baal, remember Baal, the Baal worship, and An, the ancient city of the sun. Yeah, Jabuan. Uh, I think it's a ninth degree. Uh, don't mistake. I, I got it in my studies, yeah. But um, what they do is uh, the elders of the lodge, they, you got to go through this ritual. And um, they open this chest with a key to reveal to you the true name of God is there, right? And uh, so they open it up, and you got to look into the, uh, the thing, and you got to take this piece of paper, and on it is written Jobulon, short for Jehovah, Baal, and the city, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the deity of the ancient city of the sun, all in, as one God. Then you put the paper back in there, and you're not supposed to tell anybody. And we're going to cover that uh, uh, in, the, in the next show, probably. But there's a book here, and I encourage people, please uh, get this book. This is one of the best books there. Uh, the Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robeson. John Robeson used to be like a, a records keeper, if you will, for Adam Weissop, uh, the, the creator of the Order of Illuminati. I actually got this book here. Uh, what an amazing book. He actually exposes... The Illuminati within Freemasonry and talks about the German Union and uh, the Jacobins and the whole nine yards. Uh, yeah, all amazing stuff in this book. So I would highly encourage you guys to get this book if you want to learn about the Illuminati and Freemasonry and how it all intertwines with each other. This is a very good book. So within his book, Proofs of Conspiracy, uh, John Robinson on page 112, he says, The great strength of our order. Now, the thing is, me, uh, let me paint you where we're at in history, right? The Illuminati were, um, they were being hunted down. They were being killed and uh, because people finally realized what the Illuminati was about. They were officially formed publicly in May 1st, 1776 by um, Professor of Canon Law Adam Weissop out of Bavaria, Germany. So um, he formed the Order of the Illuminati. Now, the Illuminati was around a little bit longer before him. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on within the Vatican. Yes, the Vatican has strong ties, even though they say they highly oppose the Illuminati. On the front, they did. The secret societies within the Vatican, the Catholic Church, were the creators, of the, the real creators of the Order of the Illuminati. In fact, they say it was um, Ignatius Loyola. He was actually, in the 1500s, the actual real creator of the Order of the Illuminati. And he kept it hidden within the Jesuit Order. Okay, the Order of Jesus. The Society of Jesus, which is nothing to Jesus at all. So, um, there's a long history with that. When they do the Illuminati show, we'll cover all that. Uh, but anyway, Adam Vice officially formed it. And um, so, and it was many, you know, many other secret societies being formed out and societies people, because at the time, I mean, you had nothing else to do, you know. So, what happened uh, when one of the uh, couriers got struck by lightning? Uh, they the information was recovered, all the documents. And um, the the Russian government, when they got hold of this man, they set out to hunt down everybody that belonged to the Illuminati and kill him. Because you see, the stuff that was involved in those records could talk about world domination, had gave names of Rothschild people. At the time, I forgot the names were called. Uh, but the world bankers that were funding and financing the world dominance. All the information came out. And Illuminati, just like the Knights Temple before them, they had to go underground. They never abolished or never disappeared. They went underground. So when this happened, I'm going to save the rest of the story for another the other show, uh, but they needed to hide, all right, and conceal themselves. 
So at the time, we already had the, in 1717, they had the Grand Lodge of England. And then again, 1785, they had this council called Wilhelmsbad, where prominent Masons were in there, the Jacobins, the Druids, the Knights Templar, yes, they didn't go anywhere, okay, they were not abolished, and the Illuminati and many other secret societies. They all joined forces into one Congress. And they all decided to hide within the ranks of uh, secret societies within secret societies. In other words, uh, in a circle within a, a circle. In other words, even the people like the Masons here, and there was the Blue Lodge, the first three degrees, that's where the Illuminati head. And the first three degrees, these uh, guys don't know nothing. They have no clue about anything. And they head within the order of that. So nobody in Ma the Mason Lodges knew who the Illuminati were. Now, yeah, they were uh, Masons themselves. But they had their own secret meetings and all that to hide within the order. And this is um, uh, what um, John Robinson said. This is what we said with Adam Weissap. And uh, that Consul Wilhelm's bad. Adam Weissap uh, came up with this plan. And he said, uh, and uh, John Robinson's quoting Adam Weissap. The great strength of our order lies in its concealment. Let it never appear in any place in its own name, but always covered by another name. And many... In another occupation. So none is fitter than the lo three lower degrees of Freemasonry. That's the first three degrees of the Blue Lodge. The public is accustomed to it, expects little from it, and therefore takes little notice of it. Next to this is the form of the learn of literal society is best suited to our purpose. And had Freemasonry not existed, this cover would have not been employed. And it may be much more than a cover. It may be a powerful engine in our hands. By establishing reading societies, which led to the German Union later, and a subscription, well, actually, I'm sorry, the German Union is already established. We'll get to that in the next show. And subscription libraries, and taking these our direction and supplying them through the, our labors, we may learn the public mind, uh, which we will, way we will, you know what I mean? So... It's been a long night, sorry guys. So, what that means, like, um, at the time, you didn't have TV, you didn't have radio, of course. So, this is the late 1700s, alright? So, they had to go on the ground, they hid within the ranks of Freemasonry that nobody expected. Because <laughs> everybody knew about the Blue Lodges, it was public, it was still a secret society, but not as secret as the Red Lodge. It was like entry, per se, you know what I mean? So, nobody would at least suspect the Illuminati being within, uh, in an inner circle within the Blue Lodge. That was uh, the best concealment that they used yet. And that's later on when George Washington caught wind of this and he warned the American Masons about this infiltration. So, that being said, uh, they concealed themselves within the Illuminati. Now, if you notice, again, like I said, they didn't have TV or radio. They used, they, which we'll describe, uh, we'll talk about the next show, about the German Union. Adam Weissap, and uh, he was known as Spartacus. That was his code name, uh, Spartacus. And Spartacus, there, um, him and his, um, you know, comrades, whatever you want to call them, okay, conspirators, they created something called the German Union, because at the time, your form of media was going to a library, um, you know, a community place uh, where they had uh, newspapers posted up on the wall where you could read things and uh, public notices and the community town hall, whatever the case, and uh, libraries and authors and journalists. So what they would do, um, the German Union, they created this thing called the German Union. They took a bunch of people from the Illuminati and had them go as journalists, 
uh, authors and all that to infiltrate publication from books to news uh, to any kind of media at all they had at the time. And they would infiltrate these things to indoctrinate the German citizens with Illuminism. Like the media does today. The mainstream media today is the modern day version of the German Union. Nothing's changed. It's trickled right, right through society to today. Wait till we get into that. That's a whole show altogether, man. Uh, but yeah, and um, f- there's a book here. It's called Foundations of Freemasonry Series, The Kabbalah of Masonry by W.W. Westcott. And um, I don't even need to bring that book up because I'm going to bring David Carrico on and uh, hopefully he'll come on next Friday. Uh, so it's going to be late. I hope he will because, um, yeah, <laughs> like I said, every subtle level of Freemasonry, you learn something new. Then you end up like, man, that's not what I was told in the beginning. And I didn't even bring up the quote that a Mason was intentionally lied to. It's, um, I believe it's in this book, yeah. Let me see if I can get this real quick. I know I noted that. Truth in the Shade of Mason. Oh, yeah, page 28 and 29. So, all right, so. This is, um, I, I didn't put the slide up, but this is, uh, for the record, this is from Manly Pomahall's book, uh, the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. So if you go to page 28 and 29, it says, The initiated brothers, the initiated brother, that's the new people coming in, realizes that his so-called symbols and rituals are merely blind fabricated by the wise to perpetuate ideas incomprehensible to the average individual. So yeah, like that symbol I told you about, the average person out there thinks it's whatever. You learn it's not that, it's something else. But however, he also realizes that the few Masons of today know or appreciate the mystic meaning concealed within those rituals. With religious faith, we perpetuate the, the form, worshiping instead of the life. But those who have not uh, recognized the truth in the crystallized r- uh, ritual, those who have not liberated the spiritual gem from the shell of empty words, are not Masons. And uh, regardless of the physical degrees, are not words on us. So anyway... Put up with it. intentionally lied to. So, I think I got the right one. It's page 28, 29. Initiated Masons are lied to. It's page Yeah, I'm trying to find I wrote it down. I forgot to put it up here. But long story short, he uh, says that uh, it's intended that the uh, Masons are lied to every step of the way. You know what I mean? They're lied to about on the beginning stages, and they don't get told the truth about what these things mean until a higher degree. So... Let me see if I can pull that. Because I, I like to show the proof. You know what I mean? It's in this book. I can promise you that. Uh, I just like to show the truth here. And let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, um, the Lost Keys of Freemasonry. PDF. And let me get this up because there's a PDF file on it. And you go search for it. Uh... I hate uh, I'm not having quotes, man. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. And they they openly say this stuff. And I, I'll have to get the quote for the next show uh, because so many other quotes I had running through my head that you know I was trying to dig these things up. But yeah, I promise you, it's in there. And uh, the, the Masons are uh, intentionally lied to, plain and simple. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I just read too. If I read it right, uh, there's just so many of these quotes, guys, and I apologize. The reason why I want to try and find it because uh, case of skeptics. Oh yeah, you're making it up, you know. Yeah, well it says it right there too. Uh, page twenty-eight. The initiated brother, with some new mason, realizes that his so-called symbols and rituals are merely blind, blinds fabricated by the wise to perpetuate ideas incompre incomprehensible to the average individual. And um, they, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's right there too. So, apologize about that. Yeah, so I'll get um, other quotes next week. Uh, but when we get deeper into the stuff, uh, I just wanted to get the basic layouts. And um, this guy here, the Diosophical Kabbalah, uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yoshi, uh, David Carico has done tons of shows on him. Uh, this is the dead man in the coffin ritual that's done in Freemasonry, and you won't know that what that is. I think it's the ninth degree. Don't quote me on that. I'll get the information next week. Uh, but yeah, that's what the square and compass you see, right? That's what that really means. It's the Kabbalah star. And people say, well, it's the, the star of David. Uh, David never had a star. We did two shows on this, two full shows, me and John Hall. I believe it was. Yeah, me and John Hall. Or just John Pound is. Uh, yeah, it was John Hall. Two full shows on the stuff. There was never no such thing as a star of David. The Book of Amos even says it. David never bore a star. That's the the star of Raphael, which is uh, the Kabbalah star. Moloch, that's what the Book of Amos says too. You know what I mean? And this stuff is uh, deeply embedded. We're, we're going to cover that in the Knights Temple. When you talk about the Knights Temple and the upper waters, you've got to learn a lot about Baphomet. Baphomet was actually created by uh, a gentleman, Alephus Levi. He was uh, he used to lead the Knights Temple. It's supposed to be a Christian organization. <laughs> yeah, nothing Christian about the Knights Temple. Don't let Hollywood or TV or the History Channel or the Discovery Channel or the movie National Treasure falsely paint that these were poor Christian soldiers helping Crittenden. No, they didn't help. They were the, the Pope's henchmen. During the Inquisition and the Dark Ages, they've killed so many Christians, so many Jews for not converting to Catholicism, for possessing Bibles. And yeah, Alephus Levi, the head of the Knights Temple, Drew this up. He drew this up from an ancient Egyptian deity. The Baphomet, that's the, the Kabbalah God. They believe God is both Satan. Look at the, the the breast on her. Him, whatever. They As above, so below, the hands pointing up and down. Uh, the male and uh, female genitals. The sun and the moon up and down. Uh, yeah. Uh, they believe that that's that God. That's the God of Freemasonry right there. They believe God and Satan are the same, split personalities, and it's both female and male. That's the God they worship, guys. So um, before you get to phone calls, and I just want to lay out some Bible verses like it did in um, the last show. So these Bible verses just got to tell you everything. 
And you want truth, guys, because people join Masonry to get the truth. That's why I wanted to join it, too. I thought it would be so cool to learn history and all that stuff and secret codes and all that. It sounds so cool. And I love the National Treasure movies. I, I really did. And that's where it actually inspired me to join Freemasonry. And that was the intent of making those movies because the membership of Freemasonry was on a rapid decline. They did that purposely to make people... Because at the time, you had to be asked to be a Mason. You couldn't just go join them. You had to know somebody. They had to ask you. It wasn't something you could just go join. Now, they are doing a program called Ask a Freemason where you could actually ask to... And they'll invite you to the lodge and everything and, of course, give you all the snowball information. Uh, but, yeah, if you want truth, you know, we are. I mean, the whole time when I realized I was looking for the truth, it was right here. The Holy Bible of us reading it through the inspiration of God, not through a church, not through a secret society, not through some uh, pedophile priest, not through some uh, false prophet, seven hundred club guy, or some idiot on um, the televangelist. Reading it yourself, all you do is I suggest all the time just get right with God, confess your sins. Ask for the Holy Spirit to come in. You'll write because it's only nobody can write the Holy. I'm sorry, nobody can write the word of God on your heart unless it's the Holy Spirit. That's the only person, that, the only thing that could do that. Not a church, not a uh, university, not a secret society. And John in seventeen seventy says, "Sanctify them. The truth, your word is truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free." John eight thirty two, and it's not the truth which Freemasonry promises. Said truth through the Bible. And Jesus, and you know how they preach universal religion. There's many ways to Christ, I mean, uh, to heaven. That's what they say. We all serve the same God. Now we don't. Because Jesus says, I am the only way. I am the truth, the light, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Not the universal garbage crap. And John 16, 13 and 14 says, How about when the spirit of truth has come and will guide you all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whoever he shall hear, that shall light. I'm sorry, that shall he speak, and he will show you these things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of me, and shall show you unto you. So Matthew ten twenty six and twenty seven says, "Fear them, not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid." And that shall not be known what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the house steps. So, long story short with that, it's like, here, whatever, anything of the darkness is going to be, uh, be brought out to the light. All truth will be revealed. That's when I started the slides all over again. So we're done with this presentation for today, and there was so much more. I just had to cut. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I got to cut this because, wow, what a rabbit hole Freemasonry is in, in, in respectfully because it's thousands of years old, literally. The master builders, the ancient days, from back from the days of Babylon, and Masonry had different names through the centuries, the master builders. You had the Order of the Snake. Um, uh, I mean, so many different orders over the years and centuries. And in the 1700s, it became the Grand Lodge and formed to which today is called Freemasonry. And within Freemasonry, is so many sects, cults, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. I'm glad we got through this, and I, I hope I pray that I made sense to you guys. Um, because I know there's a lot of information, and it looked like it was all over, and it is all over the place. Because with this stuff, you can't, I mean, you, it's impossible to present it in a perfect way. 
know what I mean? Even the, the top experts will tell you that. You know what I mean? It's impossible because there's so much stuff, man. We didn't even get to the um, other stuff, you know, the, the little things they use. I mean, the ceremonial purposes with the gloves. and Oh, man, it's so entrenched. So much entrenched. All right, guys. I love you all. God bless. Shalom. And until next, well, Monday. Well, tonight, the Midnight Ride at 11 p.m. Eastern. So Shabbat Shalom, everybody. God bless. And you are the resistance. Declaring war on the New World Order, truthradioshow.com.